Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. We have very exciting news. Schoolhouse Rocked, the homeschool revolution is releasing on Friday, November 12th. Our team is hard at work getting things together for this important day. So this week, we want you to enjoy this best of episode with Jenny Urich from 1000 Hours Outside. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter so you can be the first to know how to watch this exciting film when it's released. Subscribe at schoolhouserocked.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back with Jenny Urich from 1000 Hours Outside. And if you're back listening to us, you have probably already heard part one of our conversation. And if you haven't, go back and listen to it. It's so fantastic. We are talking about the importance of having our kids outdoors and what that does for them, just the great benefits of having them outside in God's creation. And it's something that, you know, I've talked about this before. I talked about it in the last podcast. I am a city girl. I grew up as a city girl. I did, I, 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 by nature do not like to be in nature. (laughs) Um, I shouldn't say by nature. I, because of my upbringing, I, I am, it's not natural for me to be in nature, but I love it. I love being outside. I love uh, just being in the midst of God's creation and taking my girls outdoors to be able to do that. And so as I learn more about the importance of being outdoors and all of the benefits to me and my family, I just want to do it more and more. And, you know, one of the things that that I find difficult sometimes, and this might sound really weird, and I don't know if you're like this, Jenny, but I, I am a, I don't know, maybe you'd call me a helicopter mom. But I'm one of those moms who's always kind of afraid that my kids are going to get hurt. So you mentioned like swinging on the monkey bars. And and in my mind, I'm like, well, they're going to fall and break their arms. And it's not that I don't let them do those things. But I'm always, I always feel like I'm kind of like, oh, be careful. Don't fall. Don't, uh, uh, you know, and, and I hate that because I just want to be that mom that lets them just go out and play and not worry about if they break an, an arm. Okay. I don't want them to, but they're not going to die from it. You know, I mean, like, so do you, do you ever have that fear of when you're outdoors or when your kids are outdoors that they're going to get hurt or, you know, get bitten by a spider or stung by a bee? I mean, they're just, it seems like there can be so many things that could cause worry or danger. Um, and so I know I need to get over that and I'm working to get over. Uh, I, I don't live in fear, but you know, it's just, again, it's not natural for me. So do you deal with that with your kids or do you, are you just one of those moms who's like, well, now we've had our beast. We've had our share of beast things. I keep, um, I keep, uh, they're called sting ease or something. I keep th- some things on hand. Okay. I mean, they definitely cry when they get stung. Sure. Me. I've been stung. It doesn't feel good. I think, um, <laughs> risk assessment, is a really important skill for all of us to have. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you learn through experience. So risk assessment is um, this almost like instantaneous assessment of how much could I get hurt? Um, 
in combination with how likely is it that I will get hurt? Right. Okay. So that's that's the risk assessment that kids are learning through their outside play. And so um, when they have experiences as they grow, and and we don't help our kids do things that are beyond their means. So if my if my older kids are up on a on a high rock, let's say, and they're jumping off, um, and my four-year-old says, I want to go up there too. I'm not going to help her. You know, if you can't get up there on your own, then that's beyond you. Hmm. And so what's happened is incrementally, they are learning how to assess their own risk. Yeah. Um, and they learn what their bodies are capable. And when they're small, if they slip on the ice or they slip off a, off a log that's close to the ground, or they may get a little hurt, um, but they've learned. They're learning how to assess risk. How dangerous is it? And so in the long run, I think it's riskier to avoid risky play, yeah. if that makes sense. Right, sure. Because then they're not learning. They're not learning that. So we right. have five kids. Um, I don't know. The oldest is 12. So there's like several decades of parenting there. No one's ever broken a bone. Huh. Uh, no one's ever needed stitches. You know, so um, no one's ever even needed a doctor's appointment, actually. Yeah. Uh, because there's so many health benefits to getting outside physically. Uh, but they learn along the way. They don't want to get hurt. None of us want to get hurt. So um, they're they're also watching out for themselves um, as as they play and as they sort of try these complex things. So um, I think because we started so young, it's been a little easier because I, I really trust trust their judgment um, in assessing their own risk. And I think that that's a really life, good lifelong benefit. Sure, sure. Yeah, it, it builds common sense and wisdom into them mm -hmm. uh, because it's not just the knowledge of knowing I can get hurt. It's literally the practical practice mm -hmm. of, oh, if I do this, this will be the result or could be the result. Um, and so, yeah, that's that I never had thought of it that way. That's amazing. Um, have you so when when you your kids were pretty young when you started spending all this time outdoors? Did you see a shift in their behavior as you started spending more time outside yes. with them? I mean, immediately. And and I think it took a couple of years before I found the the books, you know, the research. But I, anecdotally, um, I noticed it immediately. I always say our kids were ruddy. Um, that I don't know. That's like not a word that people use that much. But like they were like solid kids. You know, within mm -hmm. just a couple of weeks, they were um, they were moving their bodies and they were they were really confident and. And then it it translates inside, you yeah. know, because they've um, they've had a chance to move and use that energy and um, and be invigorated through their outdoor play. It helps them, you know, inside as well. It translates. So it's noticeable very quickly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So you recently um, you wrote an article called Exposure to Morning Sunlight Profoundly Affects Mood health and nighttime sleep. And in this article, you're you're talking specifically about morning sunlight, not just about being out in mm -hmm. the sunlight. So talk a little bit about that because that's a, I, I um, read through part of that article. And I'm like, that is so fascinating because there apparently is a difference yeah, between it's morning sunlight and evening yeah. and afternoon sunlight. I think that the, I think that we were meant to be outside. I think that the 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 way that God created nature, it was to guide our bodies through the day. You know, the, even the colors, it's like that morning sunlight wakes you up. You know, you've got this big afternoon sunlight to get you out and, and moving and motivated. And then, then it winds down, you know, it gets darker, it turns purple and then blue and, you know, and then, you know, and 
generations past, there would be no light and right. you'd go to bed. Right. But um, my midwife had told me about morning sunlight when my kids were really little. She had said in passing, get your kids out before noon so they'll sleep better at night. And huh. I thought that's weird. Right. You know, I don't know what she's talking about. So um, we did some research on it because of coronavirus, actually. So back in March, I was looking into ways that we could enhance our health naturally. Um, and it kind of brought me back to that morning sunlight um, concept. And so I started reading a lot about it and it's a reset. You know, that morning sun is supposed to hit your eyes. It hits your pineal gland. I think that's how you pronounce it, which is like the size of a pea mm -hmm. um, in the back of your skull. and and that um, affects a hundred plus bodily functions that are on this like day and night cycle. You know, we're diurnal. So we have this day and night cycle. And so we're meant to have that morning sunlight exposure hit our eyes and reset our body systems. Wow. And so what happens is scientifically, your body releases serotonin. So you feel good. Mm -hmm. And then the serotonin in some sort of chemical process is turned into melatonin. And that's what helps you fall asleep at night. So when you're outside in the morning, it gets that process going. And so we implemented that in March um, as a trial run to see if it helped our health. And it sure did. Wow. You really notice that you're really tired at night. And then there's these all these other processes that maybe you wouldn't be quite so aware of. Right. Right. But there's at least 100 of them that wow. are on this day and night cycle. And so you need that bright sun exposure in the morning which you get even on a cloudy day, there's mm -hmm. so much more. Um, Lux, I don't know if that's how you say it. Okay. Um, coming from the sun, even on a cloudy day, then you would get indoors. And then, um, and really you, the darkness is important as well. So, you know, like the blue light from screens and if the TV is on late and you're on the iPad and all those things, it just mess, it messes up your internal body clock. Yeah, wow. So, that is fascinating. It is so absolutely fascinating. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents. This is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Ginny, and we're talking about the importance of morning sunlight. And I'll actually link, Ginny, to your article where you talk about that so that people can um, find out more about that and get more details on, on the importance of morning sunlight. Um, have you noticed a relationship between screen time? You you briefly mentioned screen time earlier, and this is something that I think we all struggle with so much because it's it's so easy. And depending on where you live, I mean, again, you live on a, ho a little hobby farm, but some people live in the city and they live in an area where they don't have a hobby farm. They don't even have a yard maybe where their kids can go outside and run and play and ride bikes or skateboards or, you know, do do the thing. And maybe they don't have homeschooled kids in their neighborhood that they can go to out and play with. And it has to be a very intentional, of course, if you're going to pack up your kids in the car, go to the park and do do the outdoor thing, um, which not every parent can do 
five days a week for three or four hours a day, you can't spend all that time at the park. So I think it's easy for, for parents oftentimes to just say, okay, well, go watch a show, go play a game on your computer, go do this or go do that. It's something in front of a screen because it's easy to occupy them that way. So what relationship have you seen between screen time and outdoor time and, and the effect that that has on kids? You bring up, I mean, you bring up all the main points. Um, it is hard to get kids outside and it takes a lot of effort. It didn't used to, um, you know, in the eighties and the nineties and, and before there wasn't 24 seven screens mm-hmm. and there weren't so many extracurricular activities and there were a lot of neighborhood kids. And so no one had a 1000 hours outside chart on their fridge because mm-hmm. kids were naturally playing. Um, we live on a hobby farm now, but we've only been here for a little over a year. We have done this um, this journey in a townhome with no yard, mm-hmm. um, wow. and and so you know we haven't always had you know great spaces, and um, and we've had to go, we've had to pack up and go, and I think I think that's why that's why there is a challenge, that's why it's a journey because it's hard, and because it's easier to give a screen, and so what I have found, and why this is a year long challenge. And this actually ends up being like a little less than three hours a day. We went with 1,000 hours outside instead of 1,200 hours outside because uh-huh. it's a little catchier. Sure. But um, is that life is tricky. Life mm-hmm. is complicated. So um, there is recommendations that say, you know, ideally kids would be playing three hours a day outside. But, you know, some days you have orthodontist and some days you're sick and some days it's raining cats and dogs. And so for me, you know, I'm trying to infuse hands-on, real-life exposure to God's creation throughout the year. And I know that it's not going to be every day, and I know there are going to be seasons that are trickier than others. And so this year-long goal makes it so that when the year is over, we have all these memories and these moments and these things that we've done together that have enhanced whole child development, and it has pushed out the time for screens. Those are my best days. My best days are when it's bedtime and oh, we didn't have any time for it because we were engaged in these other worthwhile pursuits. Um, John Taylor Gatto, he's one of my favorite mm-hmm. authors. He says, um, how do you build a genius or how, how do you build, that's the wrong word, how, you know, how do you grow a genius or, or how does a child become a genius? He says, you front load experiences when they are young. Mm. And that's it. And I that to me screens... You know, of course, there's all the issues of pornography and and right. and really awful things that kids can be exposed to, yeah. the social media pressures and, you know, the things that are addictive. But beyond that, it, they're stealing experience. Yeah. You know, our kids are not um, getting to do all these other beautiful things um, because their time is taken away. So that's why, I mean, I have this little chart and we color in our outside time. Nice it's a reminder to be balanced. And, and even though we've been doing it for almost 10 years, we've been living this way for almost 10 years. I still have to be accountable to it because it's hard. Right. You know, it is easier to just give the screen and, and it takes a lot of work and effort and intention and it didn't used to. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But it's still important. Yep. It's all about intention. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing to me that God has created our kids to want to be outside from the time that they're very tiny. But what I have found, because 
it has not been a natural thing for me is that my, my younger daughter, as I've learned more about the importance of outdoor play, I have pushed her more to spend time outdoors than I did with my older one who's 15. And I see the difference in them now where my younger one loves to be outside. She wants to be outside. I mean, she'll say, mom, I, I've got to go outside. I need to go outside. I need to go ride my bike. And my older daughter is like, nah, I don't want to be outside. Um, because it, I just, I, it's not something that I really implemented when she was younger. And there's a five-year difference between the two of them. And, um, and so in, in doing that, I feel like I have really um, done a disservice to my older daughter and not spending more time outside with her. So have you found that with older kids, is there a really good way to get them outside? Um, and, and again, she's almost 15. And so it's not like she's going to go outside and, you know, jump off of logs and, and do the things that a five-year-old would do. So how would you recommend getting teenagers to Mm -hmm. spend time outside and, 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 and implement that into our family? So there's two, there's two things I would recommend. Hikes, hikes always um, work. You know, they work for the infant and the carrier up to the grandma. You know, hikes are, um, you know, there's a beginning, there's an end. And along the way, um, you know, everyone's going to find something that interests them, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a shared goal there. So I always say, you know, hike with food, friends, and a first aid kit. Okay. So in case you get stung by a bee, you got your little, you know, little thing to put on it. Yeah. Um, but friends make a huge difference. Yeah. You know, my kids are really motivated if their friends are going to come along and they can have conversation and they can, you know, walk with each other. So there's that. And then I also have seen with my own kids and with other people's kids that as they grow older, you know, this beautiful thing is that they each have their own bent. And so our oldest, he, he's a reader and a writer. So he's an inside kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he can bring all his reading and writing things outside. He's 12. He can sit at a picnic table and read his book or in, an, in a hammock and he can write and draw. Um, you know, their, their interests come out. So some of them are interested in skateboarding and some like to fish. You know, our, our 11-year-old really likes to fish. And um, some of them really like to bike ride or mountain bike. So I think as they get older, you know, past that like seven, eight, um, when they're when their individuality really shines through, it's about finding what, what is it that makes you tick? Do you like to go outside and paint scenery? Mm-hmm. You know, do you like to go outside and, you know, and, and set up a picnic? Do you like to, you know, um, try a challenging mountain bike course? Do you, do you like to go to the farm and ride a horse? Yeah. You know, it, it, it gives, um, it gives light to, to who God made them. You know, one of our son, our son is really interested in geology, which to me sounds awfully boring, you know, but, but it's because he likes to hunt for rocks yeah. and he finds these interesting ones and it opens up the door for so many learning opportunities. Yeah. So teenagers, um, you know, I think we tend to think of complex movements as like, you know, rolling over, crawling, walking, that's it, right? Right. But. But really, if we allow kids freedom to be outdoors, you know, then they learn to swim Mm -hmm. and then they learn to snowboard and they, you know, there's all these opportunities to sort of continue in that complex movement space um, well into the teenage years and then beyond. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. I have more questions for you. So let's, let's tie up this episode and let's come back tomorrow. Um, where can people find out more about you as your, your website is 1000 hours outside.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Super easy. Everything okay. is just 1000 hours outside. We're on Instagram Great. and Facebook and a little YouTube channel. 
great. That is fantastic. We will put links to those in the show notes and we will be back tomorrow to continue this conversation. Thanks, Jenny. We'll see you then. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.